You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. At the bottom of the hour, Peter Labardi is Calgary Flames color analyst for Sportsnet 960. We'll get into Noah's Red Hot Flames 15-second take to wrap up the week. And we're also still taking your text messages at 960-960. Uh, what song would be your personal H-E double hockey sticks for the rest of eternity? But right now on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline down in Sunrise, Florida for the NHL All-Star Game, we say hello to NHL senior writer at ESPN, Greg Wyshynski. Wish, how are you? Doing well. A little sunburned, as to be expected, oh, from a uh, base, basement dweller who... Uh, forgets to put on any sort of sun protection while standing outside in Florida for six hours yesterday, but uh, it's okay. I've, I've been told that uh, I told my producers at daily wager on ESPN two, where I'm going to be on today uh, that I'm a little bit sunburned and uh, is, is that okay? And they said, that's great. So I, I imagine it's going to be content for them. Uh, which is, you know, what you always want to hear. I wish I know you're an ideas guy. I know you like to think out of the box when it comes to the NHL can I give you a potential question that you're not going to ask, but let's just pretend that you might to Commissioner Gary Bettman today? <laughs> sure. What if, because we've had such a, a long period of time with best-on-best best competition, what if the NHL and the IOC got together and say, hey, why don't we have hockey in the 2024 Paris Games? I know it's not a winter sport. I know it's the Summer Olympics. But, man, that thing fits right in the middle of the summer where there's enough time between the end of the season and the start of training camp where you can get these guys together, play this best-on-best tournament. They play basketball in the Summer Olympics, and I understand that, but that's played primarily uh, during the fall and winter seasons. What do you think, Wish? Best-on-best Paris 2024 NHL hockey there. So there's a lot to unpack there. Um, first, personal preference. I hate the idea of hockey in the Summer Olympics. It's a winter sport. It's, it's one of the centerpieces of the Winter Olympics, and I've always felt that the big misconception about, people, about trying to move hockey to the Summer Olympics is that while it's convenient for the NHL, uh, it would be probably the 12th most popular sport in the Summer Olympics, mm. like based on, how, based on like basketball's existence alone in the Summer Olympics. I think it's, it's, it would be stupid to put hockey in the summer because – um, it has the stage to itself in a lot of ways in the winter, and it would certainly not have that in the summer. Um, as for the other part of it, though, so Bettman's been an advocate for moving hockey to the Summer Olympics. Like he, obviously, it, it alleviates the biggest obstacle that he has with Olympic participation, which is that they have to shut the season down. The, the owners all hate it. Um, on top of not seeing any financial uh, gain from having the players in the Olympics, so. Um, he's all for it and, in fact, has asked the IOC before about this very thing happening. Problem being, if, I, if my memory serves me correctly, there are things in the Olympic bylaws that, that specify that if a game is played on ice, it has to be in the Winter Olympics. So mm. you'd have to, like, change Olympic rules mm. for hockey to be allowed in the summer, which, again, huh. Bettman, Bettman's an advocate for. Like, he, he's on your right. side on this one. Oh, uh, wow, which... It's surprising to me that such a, an organization with so much integrity would never change a bylaw that it has to be uh, played in the winter if it's on ice. Look, look, it's it's the great it's the great conundrum for every sports fan. IOC or FIFA, who yeah. you got? Yeah. <laughs> or the NCAA, you can mix them in there too, Greg. 
little bit of everything for sure. Um, now, last time that Gary did a big presser, we were all a little taken aback by his comments on uh, the fans actually like the rink board advertisements. Do you think we're going to get anything along those lines as far as maybe the the Bally Sports Network news or or the numbers dropping on some of the U.S. networks? Um, I don't know. I, I think if, if you, and again, like, you know, obviously I work for ESPN, so I have a, 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 some, you know, I, I got to say that all this is happening above my pay grade. I'm, mm. I have to specify that. But I think if you look inside the reporting that's come out in the last week from Sports Business Journal and also um, Sean Gentili's follow-up in The Athletic, there's stuff happening under the hood with those ratings that kind of explain why there's been a drop. Um, there's been a greater n- increase in the number of games on the air. That's going to bring your average down. And also, when some of these games have been scheduled, in particular on an NFL Sunday, <laughs> uh, you're going to get crushed. I mean, everything gets crushed by the NFL uh, in, 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 the, in the U.S. River ratings perspective. So if, if, you, if you're interested in the subject, look under the hood a little bit. There are some explanations for it. But the good news, I think, for everybody in the States when it comes to hockey is that like all of the other metrics are pointing up, like traffic to our website uh, for NHL stuff is very high. You know, the social engagement, very high. So it's it's not as if the ratings should be the be-all and end-all judge of how things are trending, especially because there are some underlying reasons for why they've you know had the plummet they've had this year. We know that fans love player movement, and as much as we just saw a big Bo Horvat trade, there there hasn't been nearly as much as maybe we're used to with the flat cap. Do you think that's going to be something that comes up today in a discussion as far as how can we maybe get this moving in the proper direction to get a little bit more movement around the league? Well, I do think what will happen, what, what will come up with that, then, is this concept that came up at the Board of Governors meeting, which is the NHL and the NHLPA working together to increase the cap more than it, it, it could increase if, if um, there's still escrow left to be paid off. So, in other words, Bettman, um, at the end of last year, talked about how there was a chance that escrow could be paid off and this um, the flat the quote unquote flat cap would go by the wayside because the whole financial system would normalize again, and then it, he said at the board of governors meeting in December, well actually our revenue projections tell us that we might have one more season of, of this thing like the escrow maybe won't be paid off until the beginning of next season, and so that opened the door to the possibility of negotiation with the NHLPA about and it's sort of an artificial midpoint raise of the cap, if you will. Um, but again, the key there is negotiation. The key there is the NHL and the NHLPA having to talk about doing something together, which inevitably means the possibility of the PA having to give up something to get this increase in the cap, even though I've been told that a lot of the Board of Governors are in favor of, of trying to find a way to raise the cap a bit more in the off season. Um, remember, these guys love spending money. I mean, like it's, 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 it's in their best interest to have the cap raised as much as it can, um, as long as it's not, you know, putting the salary structure out of whack, which was their big concern in establishing the salary cap. Greg Wyshynski, NHL senior writer at ESPN, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Wish, is there any appetite from the owners to change the current playoff format, which really rubs a lot of people the wrong way? Um, so that's a, that's a really interesting question. Um, from an owner's perspective, I've always had some conversations with people that are high up on these, in these teams, governors or, or high level executives. And, you know, a lot of them have are fine with the playoff format. Some of them would like to see the playoff format expanded 
all of them tell me that it's a non-starter issue because Gary Bettman wants to keep it at 16. Like that's the, that's the issue. Like it doesn't even really come up in their meetings anymore because Gary has been so adamant about keeping the playoff format at 16 teams. He thinks it's, you know, it's the the tournament is the right number of teams. Um, He thinks the postseason is the best thing about hockey. Uh, And and so they don't even bring it up anymore. Um, The players, I I spoke, you know, for a thing that we're working on for Monday on ESPN.com, I spoke with a bunch of players about this yesterday at the All-Star game, and I was stunned that none of them, none of them wanted to see the playoffs expanded. Um, there was a couple of guys that liked to maybe see it go back to one, one through eight versus doing the wild card format. That's always something that the players have sort of been open-minded about. But as far as bringing it to play-in series, you know, 20 teams, um, there's not a lot of, of, of enthusiasm for that from the players and from, from many of the owners and absolutely no enthusiasm for it from Gary Bettman, which bums me out because, like, <laughs> every other major sport has expanded their postseason except for the National Hockey League. And I just feel like through leaving money on the table, there's definitely a way to do a play-in round while keeping the integrity of the 16-team playoff tournament that we all love. I'm a, I'm a playoff expansion guy, and I just, I just cannot fathom why they're leaving money on the table like this. Well, I'm curious, was there any reasons that might have been given by some of the players as to why they they felt that 16 was a good number? Yeah, I mean, they think 16 is, in some some ways, you know, you got to remember these guys are creatures of habit. Mm, (laughs) And so, like, it's always been 16. Like, it was 16 when I was a kid. It's 16 now that I'm a player. Um, and so it just feels right for it to be 16. But for the specificity of it, mm. um, a lot of the, the boys say, look, it's, it's the regular season is really hard. You know, it's 82 games. It's a grind. And, and there should be some reward for having been one of the 16 teams to qualify for the playoffs. So I, I think they do, reading between the lines, feel that if you expand the postseason field, you are cheapening the regular season, which, you know, I think they put some value in as, as being the thing that can determine whether or not you're worthy to continue to play in the postseason. Do you think we're going to start to see teams do a little bit more um, load management type maneuvers like we see in the NBA as we move down the road? And like you said, 82 games is a lot, and there's a lot of wear and tear on these guys. I just wonder if we start to see something like the NBA started to show in the last couple of years. Well, I don't know how widespread it's going to be, and I, and I certainly don't know if it's going to be for every player, but I can tell you, um, I reported on this last month on ESPN, uh, that the Bruins are planning on doing load management with Patrice Bergeron. Uh, I, I talked to Bergeron about that himself um, in a recent trip to New York for the Bruins, and uh, it's it's on the table. It's something they've already discussed with him. Obviously, the Bruins have a few guys that are uh, veteran guys that I think they'd like to give a rest before the playoffs, especially with them being you know several thousand points ahead of the second place team in the uh, in the Atlantic at the current moment. Um, so I. Again, I think when it comes to your veteran players, you, you, that, that's going to be a discussion that they have. Um, there's no reason to grind these guys into the ground of the regular season if your playoff fate, um, you know, is is already been determined with, with with regard to like qualification. And so the Bruins are definitely one of those teams to keep an eye on because they've already had those discussions at least with Patrice Bergeron. Uh, which obviously uh, it's a talking point in the NBA that load management is not good for business when fans uh, have like LeBron James goes into a specific specific city uh, one time a year and he's not playing and that kind of sucks for the fans. And now there's a talk in the NBA that they might actually shrink the schedule to maybe 70 games, 72 games instead of what it is, 80 plus now, 82 games that it is now in the NBA, there's absolutely zero appetite for the NHL to do that. In fact, I would imagine the NHL wants to increase regular season games, right? 
They do. Yeah, I reported that um, a couple months ago. That uh, that's one thing that's on the table right now. It's it's and it's it's very much about the current unbalanced schedule because the Seattle Kraken came into the league. Um, you have uh, an unbalanced number of of, of, division, of games within your division, so you have some of these rivalries that aren't getting the same number of games as random matchups. I think like the example is like the Rangers and Flyers maybe play like three times, but they play like Columbus four times. So just simply adding two more games to the schedule would balance it out and give you the same number of games against all of your divisional opponents. And, and obviously, depending on the team, those rivalry games mean a lot uh, financially and from, a, from an interest standpoint and for the benefit of the league. So, yeah, they're very much thinking about expanding the, 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 the regular season versus contracting it. But about the load management thing, I mean, I, how much of it, how much really does it affect the NHL? I mean, we have stars in the NHL. I mean, there's no question that when Connor McDavid comes to building, you're going to want to pay money to see Connor McDavid. But, but there's like five guys maybe that are in that category, if that, in this league right now. It's yeah. not the same thing. And, I mean, the NBA, you have teams that are defined by their star players. That, that simply isn't the case outside of maybe Edmonton here in the NHL. Greg, do you think this is a league that has a problem with tanking, or do you think it's maybe more just a product of Connor Bedard being available this year? I think the problem with tanking is that not enough teams do it. <laughs> it is it is pretty obvious if you look around the league and the teams that have competed for the Stanley Cup in the last decade that tanking is great. The the Lightning tanked. They got Steven Stamkos. The Capitals tanked. They got Alex Ovechkin. The Penguins tanked. They got Sidney Crosby. Like, up and down the lineup. I mean, Colorado with Nathan McKinnon. I mean, up and down the line, it's the teams that get these incredible generational talents in the draft um, because they decided to bottom out are the ones that, you know, years later are, are, are contending and winning Stanley Cups. Um, I, I don't think it's a problem. And, and, you know, as I've written about before on ESPN, like the, the, the bottom line is that the players don't tank. They, there's no reason for them to do anything that involves what happens uh, in the draft that summer. Half of them aren't even going to be on the team when the uh, generational talent arrives because of the free agency and expiring contracts. Coaches, I mean, unless you are for sure secure in your gig and, and you know you're going to be there through a rebuild, like they're not looking to tank, right? They're looking to win games. Um, but the, the owners and the general managers, without question, conspire to tank. I mean, just look at some of these rosters. Look at the below replacement goaltending on the Blackhawks. I mean, they, across the league, there are ways you can manipula- manipulate your roster either by you know, icing a bad team or simply not spending in the offseason to help facilitate the chances that you're going to end up with a very high draft pick. And, and I have absolutely no problem with it. You know, if you've got a, a, an agreement spoken or unspoken with your fans that they're going to be in this with you and they're not going to like stop coming <laughs> or, 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 or like give up their fandom. If you go in the tank, then go ahead and do it. It's going to be better in the long run. Um, which one thing that we've talked about here, and obviously it's something that will be forever uh, remembered in this city is whether or not the puck cross, crosses the line. I feel like I, I hear a lot of excuses <laughs> about, you know, it's tough to find something into the puck or bake something into the pucks. I know Elliot Freeman has talked about that as well, but in 2023, like we still don't know at times if the puck crosses the line. Is this something that the NHL cares about, or is it just something that's annoying to the NHL? No, I think I think they care about it, and and they've tried to figure out ways to really determine that very thing through their technology, through puck and player tracking, through infrared stuff, through having stuff in the puck. And one of the things that they always come back to um, is, is how difficult it is 
to to determine like if a puck crosses completely over the line um, because of how many bodies are flailing around the crease and things of that nature. But no, I mean, the fact that we're in 2023 and we have cameras all around the rink and, um, and we're still in a place where we still don't know if the, the puck underneath the goalie is over the line or not. It's, it's frustrating for sure. Um, but I, I'm telling you, like, it's not some grand conspiracy where they don't want to do it. If they could figure it out, I'm sure they would love to be able to determine it um, definitively because, one, it means adding goals <laughs> yeah. to the scoreboard, which is always a thing that they want. And, and two, I mean, at the end of the day, like, discussion about your sport is great. Um, but discussion about the inequities of your sport and blown calls and things like that are, are not necessarily the publicity the NHL wants. Uh, before I let you go, Wish, and thanks for your time uh, from beautiful, sunny Florida. Um, we, we feel bad for you. With, you got a little bit too much sun. Uh, condolences. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what is the song? Uh, what would be your personal uh, H-E double hockey sticks for the rest of the eternity? Because uh, we've taken some uh, um, um, text from our text line. Baby Sharks come up, um, Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba. Um, Adnan Verk was on earlier. He said Lips of an Angel by Hinder. Um, what is your personal H-E double hockey stick song that would be torturing you for the rest of eternity? <laughs> oh, that's a great question. There, there are certainly some artists and albums and songs that I've despised through time. Oh, Jesus. I mean, off the top of my head, and I know this probably isn't the right market to mention it, um, and by market I mean country, but uh, Nickelback's photograph okay. would be up there. Yeah, that's been a popular choice, Wish, on the text line. <laughs> it's, it's, that, it's that moment when you're listening to, like, Shuffle or, you know, you're streaming some, you know, random songs, and then, like, you just hear that husky voice at the beginning of the song, and, and, and your heart's because you're like, oh, God, I can't believe I have to reach for the skip button now. <laughs> but uh, that would definitely off the top of my head. But, you know, I got to tell you, man, like, it's a tough question for me because I'm, I'm someone who gravitates towards weirdness. And there are, like, tons and tons of one-hit wonders and novelty songs that other people might feel are, like, grating that I'm, I probably have on, on, <laughs> on my shuffle. So it's good stuff. Where are you at on the Katy Perry Skip the Dishes song? <laughs> I, 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 I hate that. You know, I'm a hockey fan. If I know what you're talking about, yeah. Uh, watching, yeah. Watching, watching streams. Uh, it's, it's probably not her worst. I think oh, there was okay. a song she did for like the Olympics. That was pretty terrible. If memory serves, mm. uh, if it was the Olympics, or the world cup, one of the two, but, uh, I think she might have one of the, the highest ceilings and lowest floors of any, any artist as far as quality, yeah. uh, in the last like 25 years. Uh, that is a great take. Uh, Greg Wyshynski down at the NHL all-star game in sunny Florida, NHL senior writer for ESPN. Wish great stuff. Thanks for this. We'll do it again soon. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Uh, there he is on the Atlas pizza and sports bar guest hotline using the same secret recipe since 1975 dining at 6060 Memorial drive Northeast take out or delivery 403-248-3344. Noah, the interns, uh, it's Friday. It's his last day here uh, with us. Uh, he's going to give us one more red-hot 15-second Flames take. We'll do that final segment before we hand things over to more Big Show, Big Show Extra, Big Show Plus, Big Show XL, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sports at 960, The Fan. Your number one spot for Flames coverage can be found on Flames Talk with me, Pat Steinberg. Exclusive interviews, trusted insiders, and the latest news. Listen live weekday afternoons at 4 or stream the Flames Talk podcast on demand. Friday, it's Friday. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. 
downtown studio. Uh, we'll wrap up the show. Um, we've been asking you, what song would be your personal H-E double hockey sticks for the rest of eternity? 960, 960, name and location. This song came up, Lou Bega's Mambo Number no. 5. I thought, of, I thought of one more song. Uh, Rise Up Parachute Club. Okay. <laughs> what? Parachute <laughs> Alex from Club. from the other room yells Cancon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this, and they're Toronto New Wave band, yeah. and their big song was Rise Up, Hate It. Okay, such a hater. And uh, Noah intern, uh, intern Noah, or Noah the intern, uh, is going to have yeah, his uh, red hot 15 seconds flame stake to wrap up the week. But right now, um, our man, Flames color analyst on Sportsnet 960. You want to talk about CanCon? Yeah, Mr. Canada himself, Peter Labardius. Lou, how are you? I am good, fellas. How was uh the beer league extravaganza. Okay, so Drunk. Uh, you're a guy. You're <laughs> Maddie's still a little hurting from the after party. Uh, Stunning. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Stone cold stunner that yeah. rose and blue might be a yeah. little, a little less than a hundred. Yes. Yeah. Um, a little banged up. And you know what it is too? It's always funny. He always blames me. Yeah, because you're a terrible influence. Why? This never used to happen before you came to town. Okay. Well, that's not true. That's, that's a yeah. Bold again, it's always my. Oh, I forced all those drinks down them, Lou. No, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. You didn't. Exactly. Now, I I, I will say this though. Mm-hmm. After an experience with both of you <laughs> a couple of months ago, which I thoroughly enjoyed and really allowed me to get a chance to know Mister Russick, which was awesome. I already. Had a book on Rosenblum <laughs> at that point. <laughs> a big book. Yeah, a whole dictionary. See, George, and I've uh, I've associated and traveled with many of you in my past. Mm-hmm. Um, see, the difference is you really, truly know how to go about your business in that regard and may, may understand that what you can do isn't the same as others. Mm. You got that? I do. Yeah. And and then others who love to play the game and be involved, and because you're a very engaging, fun person to be around, i.e., like my dear friend who I had dinner with last night, Sam Cosentino, mm. um, See, I don't play the game, but if I was a Rosenblum, mm-hmm. oh, I may have not even <laughs> finished year one of my CHL contract <laughs> with Sam. Uh, Sammy's no stranger to it either. Oh, listen, <laughs> A, he's the best, period, end of story. And, uh, yeah, the man is, you know, he knows his role. So you better know your role mm-hmm. when he's on a bit of a role. Um, got to fill you in on last night's game, Lou. Yes, uh, please. In the please third do. period, uh, <laughs> things got embarrassingly chippy and rough. <laughs> where guys are, are chopping are each you, other are, down are, with are, their are, sticks. That's what yeah. happened last night during the beer league game. You're not being serious, are you? I am 1,000% yep. being serious. Yep. Oh, I am so disappointed I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and and a goalie for Team Whalers was run not only once, Lou, <laughs> twice. but twice. Oh, 
how I would have loved to have called that till. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> because, I... because I would have called it in all sincerity, and then I would have taken a 60-second radio timeout, <laughs> and then I would have got myself on the microphone in building at Winsport and would have looked at both teams and said, gentlemen, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> You've got to go to work tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We're not playing for the Stanley Cup. But again, this coming, and, and I, I will share this story because it's on your show. So back in the day, like I'm a pretty intense guy for people who would find that hard to believe. Um, I used to get into it a little bit at floor hockey in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Oh, okay. With, and he was the choppiest, chippiest guy. But the day that I ended up getting in a into a pastor's face to tell him to knock it off, <laughs> but again, just because you're a was pastor, that your come to Jesus moment? Settle down, literally, Father. Literally, I looked at him and I said, <laughs> "Like this does not give you the right <laughs> to chop everybody that you play against, Blair." You're a lovely man. Yeah. And I might have done it about one inch from his nose. Yeah. <laughs> First name basis, too, with the pastor. That's what we love to see. Uh, we did our best with the broadcast. It was kind of, it was oh, our I'm best. Sure, I'm sure it was outstanding. Um, really quickly, too, Lou, uh, in kind of yeah. the same vein, our former boss. Um, who used to run the radio stations? We uh, we played um, the Alzheimer's Road Hockey to Conquer Cancer um, event in Toronto at Woodbine Racetrack, and uh, our former boss uh, was playing on our radio station team. Lou, I can't tell you how embarrassingly he was slashing and hacking guys. And I was oh. like, I go, um, Mister Blank, you need to dial it back just a little bit because this is borderline embarrassing how hard you were trying in this tournament right now. And he is like a big dude. He was like 6'1", 6'2". And he was like hacking down and slashing on guys in a charity ball hockey event. I'm like, this yeah. is... this See, is, kind of, And it's your boss. And you're like, come on, man. Pump the brakes a little bit. I know, I know. But you know what? I, I think the whole answer there is those things can happen. People yeah. are human. Sure. You're, you're competitive. I know those things have happened to me. Um, so at a certain point you have to maybe make a choice. Either you handle those situations better. On the whole, you're going to have your moments like I did with Pastor Blair. But after that, (laughs) you have to ask yourself some serious questions about whether this is correct for you. And, And I actually find at times, forget about hockey, the worst sport can be like slow pitch softball. Mm. So just cause we're on the topic and anyway, we don't have a lot of flames or whatever to talk about anyway. You don't want to break down the Lou, skills comp? Like, Lou, could I, could I just say honestly, like you're such a wealth of knowledge from all your other sports. I'd much rather hear stories about pastor Blair 
yeah, than you I telling me how I, the Flames I, need to fix their sixth uh, defenseman. Yeah, on the, on well, the team. I, I kind of thought that you would yeah. be happy to yeah. play along with all <laughs> yes. of this. So, in in Regina, Saskatchewan, when I was working at CK or CK Radio in the late '80s and early '90s, uh, we put together the worst mixed slow pitch team in the history of mixed slow pitch teams. Um, we were called the Poached Trouts, <laughs> and and we played. What? And of course, I was younger, and I'm still sorry. not. I'm still Lou, not mature. Sorry, Lou. I want to hear the story, but the name. Who came up with the name? It sure as heck wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Poached Trouts so, for a slow so pitch team yeah, in Saskatchewan. And, Saskatchewan? Yeah. Not so good. And it wasn't me. I'm not even going to tell you who came up with okay. the name. But in, its, but in its own way, we were so bad it fit. Yeah. Because we, okay. re- we really only had two decent ball players on the team, of which I may have been one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are playing in Division 4 or 5 of the Regina Whatever League. I think we'd won one game all year. And, you know, we get up against this team – that now remember I'm 21 years old at this point okay so and I was you know borderline ridiculously offside at times then competitively <laughs> and would be the first to admit it so these idiots are stealing like bases <laughs> on pitches and and they are up I can't even believe I'm going to tell this story but I'm going to tell this story so they are up 30 to 3 in the third inning. Oh, 30 to 3. Oh, man. Okay, and I'm at shortstop, and my my dear friend Kelly Rempel is in the outfield. So they hit a ball over his head. There's no fence. And you know how they have the commitment line in slow pitch, right? Yes. Yep. So this this donkey wearing two batting gloves – for sure he had a headband on. Now it's 33 to 3. Yeah. So I get the ball as the cutoff position about 10 feet before the dirt in the infield, you know, 10 feet above the dirt. Mm-hmm. And I take a look around at home plate to see if I can make a throw, which wouldn't have mattered because she wasn't catching it anyway. <laughs> so forget it. <laughs> Again, not her fault, lovely woman. Um, So I get it. I turn around, and this donkey stops two feet from the commitment line (laughs) to see whether or whatever I'm going to do with the ball. And then dances around. I finally throw it, and he obviously gets in so i went right to the backstop because the ball was spilt of course i get it from our lovely catcher i go right to their dugout and i am not kidding and shouldn't tell this story ever but i did this 21 years old i went right to the guy that did it in the dugout and i said sir I played a lot of competitive sports and pretty well. All right. You're not really doing a whole lot. 
And if you ever do that again, <laughs> ever, this ball's going right through your skull. So I would advise that you don't do that anymore. Did he listen? Well, I didn't see him jumping around in his next at bat. <laughs> Lesson learned. It's important. You got to lay the law because sometimes people get out of line in these things and you just got to make sure you bring it all back home. Um, yeah, well, I tried my best. It probably wasn't for the best or the, you know, I did not handle the situation really well. But I did. And of course, I would have never done that. But because I don't believe in that kind of stuff in any way, shape or form, harming another human in any way. But. The gentleman needed a bit of a talking to. Yeah. Yeah, nothing's worse than uh, you're playing slow pitch and the team is like walking to <laughs> and running up the score. Yeah. I got yeah. thrown out of a tournament game, uh, Lou. I was having <laughs> yeah. a couple of drinks. I knew it. It's the I second, knew it. it's the second <laughs> inning, Lou. It. Lou, we're down fifteen to nothing in the second inning, and it's and it's co ed slow pitch and it's a and it's a firefighters tournament in Chippewa. <laughs> Which is like a little village outside of Niagara Falls. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, and uh, we're down fifteen nothing in the top of the second inning. They ha- and the guys are taking walks from our pitcher. I just had yeah. I had to start talking from the from yeah yeah, yeah I go nice, I go nice nice work. Do you think you're Jose Bautista? Are you working yeah. on your OPS? And then yeah. a lot of four letter words started spewing. This is embarrassing yeah. that you guys keep doing to us. And the umpire threw me out of the game. Yeah, of course. That's how it works. Like, yeah. Have some pride. Like, why would you do that? We're not in the majors. This isn't professional sports. And dudes walking in slow pitch is the absolute worst in co-ed slow pitch. It's the worst. Yeah. Swing the bat. You have to hit your way on. Yeah. It's right up there with the donkey dancing at the commitment line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Way, uh, to, way, to, way to go. Way to go, Hank. You're up by 33 against the poached trouts. Way to go. Uh, I love it. Um, Peter Labardius, uh, the voice of uh, the play-by-play, well, not play-by-play, the color analyst for the Calgary Flames on Sportsnet 960. Um, Lou, we're we're looking forward to having you back. Um, Yeah, I'm looking well. You know, I'm enjoying the heck out of my break. It's nice and relaxing. When are you back in town? Sunday night. Okay. Okay. can't wait to see you again. Enjoy all the skills competition. Nope. Won't even watch. Okay. Not for a second. Right, right on. Okay, Lou, thanks right. for this. <laughs> okay, guys, you have a wonderful weekend and uh, can't even believe I shared some That's of that. That's okay. Stuff, uh, in what, closing, what the heck? Uh, uh, go poach trots. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Boat is about Brittany. as good as the Minnesota Vikings. Nice work. <laughs> Here okay. we go, BT. Here we go. All right, thanks, Lou. There's uh, Peter Labardius on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline using the same secret recipe since 1975. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Take order delivery at 403-248-3344. And like clockwork. That's why Lou's a legend. Yeah, like clockwork. Uh, Tell your pitcher to throw a strike. It's not that hard. Top text. Oh, of course. Sweet. Yeah, well, he was struggling to find the strike zone. Just swing it bad, dude. Again, and just, just, yeah. It goes back to my e-bug take from earlier in the week that <laughs> made some people angry. Yeah. But at the same time, like, there, there's a limit, right? And I guess that's just my old school mentality. 
there's a limit. And it's not like, oh, just be better. <laughs> like, we're playing co-ed slow pitch, That's, for God's yeah, sake. Be better? What, I'm going to go practice yeah, after guys work? Guys jeans playing this, and you're trying to tell me, throw strikes, be better. Like, come on, man. Yeah. All right. You got, you got co-eds who are trying to learn the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Swing. Yeah. Nancy out in right field is <laughs> can't catch a ball. And, like, oh, like, go hit it to her and, like, oh, make sure you throw a strike. Like, yeah. okay, just just keep your pants on here. Swear. All right. Got about uh, four minutes to go in the week here. Uh, we've had a lot of fun today. Our intern, Noah Adler, has been with us this entire week. And he's been giving us some red-hot flames takes throughout the week. He talked about the sweaters, uh-huh. the Brad Tree Living. The team's going to go 22-10 and 10 down the stretch and still miss the playoffs. There's been a lot of hot takes from our intern, Noah. You ready to finish strong here on a Friday? Oh, and, and by the way, I will just say this, too. It's, it's only these hot takes are only to stir the pot. Mm. That's it. Hey. Why don't you own some of them? <laughs> I, I I own the Jersey one for sure. Okay. All right. And, I own, and I own Bradshaw Living one for sure. Okay. Well, that's two of the four. So you already own half of your takes. Mm-hmm. All right. You should have owned 100% of them, but that's fine. Alex, hit it. Let's do it. Or sorry, GVP, hit it. Let's do it. So the Calgary Flames have their first round pick in this year's draft. I don't want them to do this, but I fear they will do this. They will trade their first round pick of the 2023 draft at the trade deadline. Ooh, okay. Hmm. Top six forward with speed and skill. Feels like the only way you're going to get it. I think so. Yeah. Okay, but he doesn't want to do it because Noah's building for the future. Correct. When this team is built to win now. And those trades were made in the offseason, and the Kadri signing was built to win ten well, million for Huberto next now. year. The thing too is, is now. that you're pretty much like you're pretty much going all in at this point. Like you were not going to rebuild after losing Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk, and especially when you got Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weaker. Right. So, so you're pretty much all in here to to win now. If you want a team of Meyer, it's going to start with your first. It will. So okay, Noah does not want to part with Calgary's. First round pick. I just don't think I just don't have the same vibes, you know, as compared to last year, where I'm where I was like, okay, it's not worth it, is, is what you're exactly, saying. Exactly, exactly. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, Matt, real quick, uh, a, a rebuttal, a retort. Yeah, I think you know how I feel about this draft. Uh, I, yeah. I'd like holding on to the picks, but at Absolutely. the same time, if you're going to be picking eighteen to thirty-two, mm, less so. Like if if listen to me. Would you trade your first-round pick for a trip to the conference final? Yes, without a doubt. Okay. That's all I wanted to know. Mm-hmm. Would you trade your first-round pick for a series win against the Oilers? Yeah. There you go. But that's it for us. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, we'll be back Monday. Promise. more big show. Super Bowl week. going to be fun. Can't wait. Uh, we'll do that. You have a great weekend. Bye. Bye.